If you've been thinking about moving to a new city without a job or are considering hiring an agent, then my guest, Ian Erskine, ACE, has some great advice for you. Welcome to the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, and I edit films and scripted TV shows in Hollywood. I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program to help aspiring editors start or advance their careers in post-production. I don't have any training in coaching or some fancy degree in psychology. I'm just a guy who is relentless in pursuing his goals and wants to help people do the same. But I didn't achieve happiness and success in my career alone. Throughout the years, I've come across some amazing people that have offered valuable advice and guidance. That's why I created the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program, to help people navigate the path to achieving their career goals. I've been in your shoes and gone through the same struggles. The challenges and fears on this journey are real. And I want to tell you, it is possible. The idea of moving to another city without a job or any contacts can certainly be scary and intimidating. Trust me, I've been there. But these feelings shouldn't prevent you from moving forward with your plans. And there's a lot of things that you can do prior to such a move that'll make that transition much more easier and less stressful. And that's what I'll be discussing today with Ian Erskine, ACE, who's my guest on episode 30 of the Hollywood Editing Mentor podcast. And he's going to be talking about his experience of moving from London to LA and having to restart his life and career in the US. I was also looking forward to chatting with Ian because last year when I was trying to decide if I should hire an agent, Ian explained to me the benefits of hiring one and ultimately I decided to look for representation. And since I get asked a lot about having an agent, I wanted him to come on the show to also share with you the benefits of having an agent and how you can go about finding the right one. Ian Erskine ACE began his career over 20 years ago as an assistant in the UK working on films such as Tomorrow Never Dies and Lost in Space. His UK editing credits include Strike Back and Ripper Street. He was nominated for the Royal Television Society Best Drama Editing for the Tommy Cooper biopic, Not Like That, Like This. Ian moved to Los Angeles in 2016 and has been cutting shows such as Manhunt, Unabomber, Narcos Mexico, and True Story. Other topics Ian and I will be discussing today include how you can start making contacts before you move out to LA, how it all comes down to one person giving you an opportunity, the importance of not only reaching out to people, but also following up with them, the challenges of networking in LA, how adversity builds character, strategies for finding an agent, why the 10% agent fee is worth it, and why you still need to network even if you have an agent. Before we get started, I want to invite you to become a member of the Hollywood Editing Mentor community by visiting hollywoodeditingmentor.com slash community. It's a great place to network, to meet other like-minded people, and you get access to my private Facebook group where I host live networking and Q&A sessions, as well as post job opportunities in the post-production industry. This is also a great place to meet new people and make contacts in another city if you are thinking about relocating without a job. It's free and you can sign up today by visiting hollywoodeditingmentor.com slash community. So I guess I'll start this off by saying congrats, Ian, because you are now an American Cinema Editors member. That's so awesome, dude. Yeah, it's been quite a journey for me to come to the point at which I'm now a part of ACE, literally just joined. And I mean, it's incredibly exciting. It's such a wonderful organization. 
you know, I've met so many great people and just in terms of even just beginning to be a part of it. And that's only the, the start of it. So um, for me, it's a real, it's a kind of nice, well, real kind of arrival in, into LA, you know, even though I've been here for, you know, what, what is it now? Six years, you know, that, that, that particular crossing, that particular threshold is a really great one for me. And I'm very excited about it. So um, yeah. It's good to be here. Yeah, man. Just very happy that we are able to do this today. Was looking forward to chatting it up with you and talking more about your career. I mean, I've known you now for a couple of years, met you soon after you arrived in LA from London. So it's been awesome to see everything that you've accomplished now during your time here. And of course, now hitting this new milestone. It's so awesome. Uh, and so I definitely want to uh, talk a lot about that. I want to talk about your journey because you, you came from the UK and you were very had a very successful career out there, came to LA and things were maybe a little different, right? Yeah, a, a little different is a bit of an understatement, I think. You know, I mean, it's it's really interesting. I was, you know, I not to be immodest about it, but I was a very successful editor in the UK. Um, and for various reasons, family reasons, and just, you know, pushing my career further, I decided, you know, I'm going to try the LA thing. I'm going to come out to LA and and see if I can push things higher, build more of a career out here. And what was interesting was to discover how much of a reboot of my life it would be. Because you imagine that, you know, particularly with the shared language, that you would kind of just walk out of one cutting room, walk into another, and it would sort of be almost seamless in a way. Um, but what you discover is that what you've done elsewhere in the world, um, it, even though it, it is significant and it's important in a way, because it hasn't been done in LA, it hasn't been done in America, then it's sort of, you know, th there's a kind of, uh, you know, well, that doesn't really mean that much anymore. You know, it's sort of, it's like, because the culture, the, the culture of LA, the culture of America is a very different one in terms of media production. Um, people are looking for people who understand that culture. And so uh, for me, it was uh, that, that moment of realization that I had to really adapt how I work, understand a different way of working, understand a different political st structure, um, just a, you know, a whole new world, really. Um, and I think you know, often you don't realize that when you're outside of LA, that that's what you're going to encounter. So it's been then just a real you know, journey for me to establish myself here and create or mimic the success that I've had in the UK. And I mean, I, what I feel like I've been here for six years now, I kind of feel like, and I've said this to people in the past, it's almost like taking the, the, the first 20 years of my career in the UK and condensing it into five years and just, you know, revisiting all of that stuff, but just in a different environment establishing new relationships, establishing new ways of working, understanding new, a, a, a really a new culture. Um, so it's, it's been very difficult and very challenging, but also amazingly rewarding. And I've worked on incredible shows like Narcos Mexico with you um, and, uh, you know, Penny Dreadful, Manhunt. These, these shows have been, you know, they, they've been incredible to do, uh, but it has really, and it's, it's been a bit of a baptism of fire. Were you aware of how tough it was going to be to get things going out here in LA? Well, I did as much preparation as I could because I did know it was going to be a challenge. I mean, we all know that LA is, you know, is going to be more challenging. 
It's kind of the, it's the, the, the kind of central focus of the worldwide industry. And, you know, you've got all the big players here. So you're going to have to bring your best game. And I did know that. Um, but even I, who had you know, been very successful in the UK, found it, found it difficult to establish and get myself, um, my feet under the table here. And it's just, and it's not, you know, it, the skills, the ideas, everything, you know, the editing itself is, it, it's, it, it's all there kind of thing. It's just, it's just finding your way in that sort of American culture. And also finding, one of the keys to it is finding um, the contacts and the, the people to make it work. Because our industry thrives on uh, networking, um, your, your base of contacts and the people that you know in order to be employed. And of course, having spent 20 years in the industry in the UK, I have a, you know, an address book that's, uh, you know, a phone book that's as long as you like, you know, with all of these contacts in it and people that I can talk to or whatever. But coming to LA, I did have, I knew a few people, but I didn't really know that many. So um, one of the things that I did to try and make sure that that process was a little bit more simple was to um, sign an LA agent before I arrived. So a year before I arrived in LA, I signed an LA agent and began the process then of talking about how I can tackle, you know, the actual arrival in LA, which would be a year later, because I had to go through the immigration process and that was going to take a year alone. So there was a whole kind of pre build up. And uh, indeed, the idea of coming to LA had sort of come to me even a couple of years before that. And so I had been trying to target American-friendly productions in the UK before I came over. So stuff that would register in the US when I arrived that would be on my resume, that people would be able to see and know what the show was. So, And that did work. I mean, there was one show particularly, Strike Back, just was a great calling card for me because people knew it. You know, they said, I mean, it's Bill, Bill Clinton's favorite show, apparently, you know, it's well known in America. Um, but it's, it's, you know, it's, it, it just, people picked up on that and said, no, I love that show. I want to talk to you about that. And wanted to meet, meet me part, partially because they wanted to chat about that show. But that kind of thing helps immensely because, you know, you're, again, you know, it, it, it's, it's the, you know, as clearly as you can see from what I'm saying, I was aware that it was going to be difficult. I was aware that some preparation was required. You just can't rock up and it will be fine. But at the same time, I think even then you don't really realize how much work is involved in actually establishing yourself once you actually get here. Yeah, well, I guess when you, aside from, say, you know, getting an agent, what were some of the first things you did when you actually landed in L.A.? Maybe as far as like networking and also what were some of the biggest challenges you encountered when you got to California? Well, one of the, the big things I did with net, networking, which, of course, feeds into the whole ACE thing, is I went to ACE events. Um, I mean, there, you know, there, it was quite amazing going to I went to one of the um, invisible art, visible artists just before the Oscars. And the excitement in the room was palpable. It was it was just like, you know, editing, you know, here are the editing stars of this year. And uh, and it was just a great experience and talking to people there. I also went to the to the Edit Fest events and talked to people there, too. Um, and so there was a, that, that was kind of my big part of the networking that I did when I arrived, but I also got my, uh, this is the thing about having the agent. 
I got my agent to set me up with as many of the post-production executives as he could um, to try and, you know, reach out and have preliminary discussions uh, about, you know, what I could do, how I could fit in with them, whether I could work with them or not. So there was a, there was a kind of a push on a, on a kind of a higher level in terms of um, executives, but also just meeting people on the ground and talking to, uh, uh, to, uh, to other editors. And it was fascinating because that first edit fest that I arrived at, I, I was talking to someone who had come into LA themselves. They were an ACE editor. It was in LA, and and I said to her, "I'm, you know, I'm finding it difficult to adjust to being here." And she sort of looked at me and said, "You know, you're probably never going to get used to LA. You know, it's just that one of those things. You know, it's LA is its own particular flavor." Um, so it's uh, you know, but even just saying that and meeting and having that contact with somebody who'd been through the same experience was really helpful. You know, just. You know, it, it, you just discover these people as you go, through, you know, through who've been through. Um, so many people have been through the same process, even if they're not coming from outside the U.S. They're coming from other parts of the U.S. Um, L.A. has its own particular brand, brand and flavor of what it is. Yeah, there's no doubt that this industry is built on relationships. Yeah, that was one of the things that became even more clear to me when I arrived here is that, you know, I built up all those relationships in the U.K., but my, now my job really was to build up those relationships in L.A. You know, that was the thing. So, uh, yes, it is really is um, a matter of building up that contact and those networks that, that really feed your career and allow you to, you know, get information about what's going on, connect to other people, build your just build your whole kind of um, working environment so that you can sustain the career, your career and, and continue to work. And um, we can think of all of this in sort of abstract terms in terms of goals. You know, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to be working on this kind of show. I want to be working on that kind of show. I want to be, in, you know, at this level, at this age or whatever our kind of more abstract big goals are. But what you have to remember is that what it comes down to in the end the bottom line is that there is going to be a person who's going to give you that opportunity. There's somebody at the, at, at, you know, sitting across the table from you in the interview or on the other side of the Zoom or however it is, the phone, the, on the end of the phone line. And that person is going to give you that opportunity. So really what it comes down to is people. So it's, it's nurturing those relationships is incredibly important. I think one of the, the biggest mistakes I see people make is that they don't follow up that much. You know, they cut, there's a sort of an in, initial excitement um, and, you know, you've talked to somebody and it's, oh, that's cool and that's great. And there's, you know, there's, there, there, maybe there's, a, there's an opportunity there for me. But then, you know, it kind of fades. And, you, you know, the, the person that you, you could be a great contact then kind of moves on and you move on. But, that there's there's no reason to continue not to continue that contact. I think somehow people imagine that oh well I you know I can uh, there's nothing more in it for me, but it, the truth is that if you can continue to build that relationship um, and not you know pestering the person in any way, but just can you know every few months or six months or whatever, just drop a simple little email saying hi and how are you and this is what I'm doing. It just makes a huge difference because it, you come back into their life again. And at that moment, there may be a perfect opportunity, you know, because people hear about opportunities all the time. 
and maybe they don't have the right person there or whatever, but you can then connect that person to someone else. So I think it's not just about, you know, going out to those networking events, meeting someone, maybe having an initial discussion. It's also about just sort of following up, following it up and allowing it to grow into a bigger relationship. Absolutely. It's the, the key is the, the, the follow-up. You see, I mean, you said it right there. It's so important to just stay in touch with people because that's also how you develop a, an actual relationship. I'm not saying you have to be, you know, best friends with anyone, right? I mean, obviously, if it gets to that point, yeah, that's great. But it's just simply letting people know that you're you're there, letting them know what you're doing as well, right? Because, like you said, I mean, I, I've had it where like I've reached out to say friends or you know colleagues, and then suddenly at that point, it's like, oh, you know, I tell them, you know, I just got wrapped with the show. It was a great experience. I loved it. And, you know, uh, maybe we can go meet for coffee now that I'm free. And they're like, you know what? I'm busy, but you know what? Someone is looking for an assistant or someone, need, my friend is looking for an editor and it's just the right time, right? So you have to always kind of, you know, check in. Yeah, it's not, it, it doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be um, a long email or a, a, a big contact. Maybe it's just a text message if you have their number. And it's just like, it's just a reminder that, you know, here I am, I'm here, this is what I'm doing, or this is what I'm looking for, this is what's happening. And as, as exactly as you just said, it's just, uh, it will connect to something that's happening in that moment and say, well, I need a person for this, or I know someone who needs a person for that, or here's an opportunity, or if you're interested in that, I know a guy who blah, 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 you know, it's, it really is that sort of thing. And I think that, you know, often, if we don't, continue to follow up, then you do naturally just drift apart and forget about that relationship altogether. And then you can't get the best out of it. So, um, and you'd be surprised how open and willing people are, particularly in the editing community, I think, to just talking to you and sharing stuff and helping people out because we all know that's how it works. I mean, it's just, you know, that's the thing. It's, it's like your career is not going to build unless you have the right network. So um, we know that, you know that if you, you know, if you're a bright young talent and you want to go somewhere, I'm like, okay, you know, that's, that's the bottom line is you're going to need that network. I'm, I'm happy to help because I know that people have done that for me in the past too. They've helped me and they've, they've, you know, they've, they've given me things and um, opportunities and ideas and connections that have really, you know, helped me to move forward. So I'm always, you know, I'm always happy to do that. Um, and I think, I think, you know, I would say, you know, 99% of, of people are open to that completely, even if they can't respond in that initial moment, perhaps they're super busy that day, they will come back to you and, you know, it's worth doing. But the, for me, if it, you know, my from my perspective, the challenge in LA is that that the industry is so spread out, and what what happens in the UK in post production uniquely is that really the the the, the post production community is based in this area in the centre of London called Soho, and you know when I'm working in Soho, if I leave my cutting room and go to you know get some lunch on the uh, the other you know it's a it's a half a mile walk across. A few, a few, a number of streets. I will almost certainly meet about two or three people that I know in that walk across. You know, there's this community of people who, even if they, you know, sometimes go out to Europe or wherever to work, they're always gravitating back towards London. And so it, it's actually really a lovely, incredible, you know, sort of networking environment to be in because you literally, it's all right there. 
I think the challenge more in LA is that it's so spread out and you're in Santa Monica or somebody's in the Valley or somebody's in the Hollywood. And, you know, as you know, when you first arrive, traffic is a little bit of a challenge in LA. So actually getting across town to see someone or do something becomes much more of a challenge. And it, it just, it's, it's, it's always just a logistical thing. It's not that the people are any different or the actual net pro, networking process is any, any different. It's just like more of a challenge really. Whereas the, the beauty about London is it's all right there. And it isn't, it's amazing. You just hear about an event or something that's going on and you can just pop in. You're, it's just like so easy, you know? So that, that was, that's the real difference. But in terms of the actual people and the way it works, it is, you know, it's the same. It's editors, you know, getting together and, you know, talking and, and assistance and, you know, just um, sharing. Uh, it's, it's exactly the same. That's a very interesting point about just the logistics about, you know, LA. You're right. I mean, it's like, you know, how many times have we like, say, try to, you know, meet up with someone? It's like, well, you know, I'm in Santa Monica and, you know, I'm out, the other person's out in Eagle Rock. I don't know, but that's, whew, that's going to be tough to, and then, you know, just the distance alone and then the, our schedules and everything, it just makes it really hard to meet people in LA for sure. And as opposed to maybe Soho, you're right. You're just there. That's a very interesting point. But that's the thing about LA is that it is an industry town and it's built on relationships. That takes the weight off of, say, being nervous or intimidated, say, to, to meet people, to network, because we all know what it takes, right? We are all aware of what we're doing as far as networking, what it takes to advance our careers and get opportunities. That's just part of the industry. So I think it's, I should ease anyone's nerves, I guess, with, with regards to, say, reaching out to people. Because sometimes it's like, I, you know, one, the one thing that I get from students or just people hit me up, when I tell them, hey, have you reached out to, say, editors or assistants? It's like, well, you know what? I don't, I don't want to bother them. You know, I, don't, I feel like I'm bothering people. It's like, no, man. I mean, like, this is what the industry is built on. It's literally reaching out to people and networking. This is how you advance or get opportunities. Yeah. I mean, if you don't ask, you don't get. That's the kind of, that's the maxim. And so, I mean, it's a, it's about a balance though. I mean, as I say, you don't want to be hassling anyone. You don't want to be pestering anyone. But, you know, a, a, an email every few months or every six months or whatever, it, it, you know, it just, it doesn't hurt anyone. And it's easy enough to just, it, it could just trigger something. Maybe it doesn't go anywhere. But actually, often it does, because you think about that person again, and you go, oh, wait a minute. Actually, you know what? I can help with that or whatever, you know, it's, uh, because as I say, everyone is in the same boat. Everyone needs that at every level. You know, there, there's, there's just a hierarchy and a, a way in which your career builds and grows, and the contacts at every level are important. So, um, yeah, I, I would say to people, don't don't be too scared to reach out to someone really don't you know particularly if you've actually met them in person at one of a networking event and you've had a you know you've struck off a good nice little conversation or something like that it's just a great way to kind of follow up and and to con continue to build and try and get something from it i mean also i gotta say that you know this can be a process it can take a while right to say you know and i'm sure maybe you maybe experienced this when you got to la but it's it's not things are not immediate. I say especially with building relationships. Like you said, it's you got to check in. It'll be maybe you know months and and it takes a while. But you got to hang in there. And also, I think just in general, as far as maybe gaining opportunities, you know, it's not just think something that happens overnight for for the most part, right? I mean, I certainly can speak from experience. It took a while, but you got to hang in there. Well, yes. I mean, sometimes things do happen very quickly. You know, you can have moments in your career where you can have a really quite steep ascent a really 
move forward very quickly indeed. But a lot of times it is about just sort of building up, you know. So if you if you've set a goal, you know, it's um yeah, you know, you've set a five-year plan to be. I want to be editing. I don't Star Wars in five years' time. Whether the, whether that makes any sense or not, you know, whether you're going to be there or not. Each step towards that is every day and every week and every moment that sort of leads up to it. So, what kind of tends to happen is that you um, you do all this work and you feel you, know, you can feel quite frustrated and you don't feel you're moving forward. And then suddenly you'll realize that actually, you know what, I have moved forward. And I am much closer to that goal. And it's sort of, it's a much more organic process than just sort of simply happening very quickly. So, um, yeah, we have to, you know, we we shouldn't feel bad about, you know, things not happening too quickly. For everyone, it takes time to do things. So um, you just, what the important thing is you keep that positive mindset and you keep that goal in front of you. And then even if you don't end up at that goal, you will end up somewhere like it in a different sort of way, um, but that's actually quite close to it. You know, it, it really is. It's just, it's about just keeping the belief that th- these things are going to happen sometimes. Because um, I know when you, particularly, you know, when you're coming into a, um, new areas, in a sense, it was easier for me coming into LA because I had quite a lot of experience in the industry that did translate across but if you're just beginning in the industry altogether, it can all be very daunting. Um, but, you know, it, it is really just about keeping the faith in yourself and keeping moving forward and growing and learning as much as you can. I mean, I've always learned stuff. Every, even now I'm learning. I'm, every day I'm learning. I'm just open to new ideas and open to new things. It never stops. And that's the joy of being in a creative industry. It never ends. I'm not sort of going to the same office every day on the same train, adding up the same figures, going home or whatever. I'm working in an incredibly dynamic, creative environment that's ever-changing with new technology, new creative ideas, new ways of working. And, you know, it, it just is. It's just endlessly challenging and but exciting. So uh, we, you know, it, things just evolve and take time. Um, and it's it, sometimes it's hard to you, you just feel frustrated, but often in that frustration, things are already beginning to happen. Contacts are already beginning to form. Stuffs beginning to move forward in a way that maybe you don't even realize. And then one day you sort of go, "Hang on, wait a minute. Actually, you know what? I'm further forward than I thought I was, and now I'm at this stage of of, of my journey towards my goal." Well, I think also you know, like I guess it's those challenges, you know, just make us better right i mean like there, there's we got to look at the positive side of say when we face certain challenges and that's maybe at the times where we get pushed right where we discover new things about us i mean that's that's it i mean we're all engaged in telling stories that's what we do as an industry we tell stories and the fundamental basis of any good story is uh character growth through uh, adversity You know, the character starts out at the beginning. They have some issue, some problem, something they need to work out. And they go on an adventure that that challenges them and gets them to realize that they need to grow as a human being. And that's kind of how I see my journey through the industry. It's like it's, you know, I, I make stories in my actual work, but my life has its own story and it has its own progression. 
And adversity is there in a way to teach you how to be better. I mean, that's that's what it's about. And yes, you do need to um, continually look to these situations that can be challenging or difficult and use them to help you to grow as a person and to grow as, as, a, as an editor, as an artist, as a craftsperson. You know, all of these things are, are teaching you something. So um, that, that's how I approach it. So whatever challenges I faced, and the challenges in being in LA have been the biggest of my career, um, I've also learned the most, really, and, and progressed the most, not as a, just as an editor, but as a person. Like I said, Ian, you've definitely been crushing it here. Out here in LA, you were uh, working some really great projects. So again, congrats, man. Now you're a member of the America Cinema Editors. I mean, you still got a lot to do here, man, uh, out here in, in, in LA. So congrats again, dude. Ian, I want to move on now to something that I get asked a lot. People want to know about this, and that is finding an agent and, and, or hiring an agent. People want, the two questions that I get is, should I get one? And then how do I go about finding one, right? Now, uh, I remember when we, you and I first talked, I, I, was, I had just kind of been bumped up um, and I was really curious of, as, as to if I should hire an agent. Obviously, I only had, maybe at that point, I think I had two, two scripted credits. Two things that concerned me were like, well, would an agent take me on based on my experience, current experience? And then two was that, well, there's 10%, right? <laughs> Off of my weekly rate, is it worth it? And so I remember talking to you uh, clearly, you said you had an agent uh, prior to landing to LA, and you gave me you sold it really well, really convinced me, and I went ahead and, and got an agent. Uh, but can you first talk to us why is it worth uh, hiring an agent, and then we'll get into how to go about finding one. Well, for me, I've always felt that I that an agent has been incredibly important. It's just you know I see an agent as a business partner, as as someone who can really work with me to try and move me forward. I, I I've always felt that the ten percent was absolutely worth it. Now, lots of people take different views on that, you know, because you can have a, re a really successful career on one level, um, just without an agent and put things together. But for me, I've always felt like, you know, but what about that extra world out there? Because if you're just doing it yourself, you're only going to get the um, pool of contacts that are immediately around you and the people that you know. Whereas if you're with an agency, they really have an insight and a, and a, a scope that goes right across the whole industry. So, you know, if you're talking about one of those big Hollywood, big six, they're, they, they, they basically know everything that's happening in L.A. and will have some kind of contact into it. So now if either they can bring something to me that is um, interesting, new and exciting that I want to get involved in, or I can say to them, look, I'm really interested in being part of this. Who do we know? What do, what do we, you know, can I get a meeting with someone there at, the, at that organization? Or, you know, um, uh, you know, do we know producers that are, that are part of this? And, and it's really interesting because it just, it just brings a whole other level to what you're able to do. And also the negotiation and when it gets tricky with a, a production, you, it's also incredibly useful to have that kind of separation from that and not get involved in that too much yourself and just let an agent do it. So um, it actually is, I think, you know, something that I wouldn't be without. And 
I, you know, if you talk about, you know, well, I have to pay 10% for it and I'm not really sure if they'll do anything for me. Well, I, there's something that, you know, that I think I said to you when we first talked about it, it's like, well, if that's your expectation, that's probably what you're going to get. Because, you know, if you, if you really don't think it's going to help you, then it probably won't help you. But if you go in with, it, again, the idea of a positive attitude and say that, yeah, this is going to enhance what I'm doing. This is going to help me to become uh, a bigger editor and have a better career and just work with that attitude and, and also find the right person that you can work with to do that. Because, you know, different agents have different approaches, different ways they work. And if you can find someone, and I was very lucky to find someone very early on that I really felt that I could work with incredibly well. And that was, you know, that that was the key for me. I have to feel comfortable talking to them and feel like, you know, they are going to, you know, help me to get what I want. And sometimes those relationships don't work, in which case, you know, you need to find someone, somebody different. But I would say from, from my perspective and in my opinion, I think it's absolutely worth having an agent. I do want to say that, you know, even now having an agent, I just actually did a talk recently with uh, two other editors that uh, recently got bumped up. It was about, it was a talk about getting bumped up. And we, we all had agents because uh, that was one of the questions from the audience. And all three of us said the same thing. Yes, it's worth it. Uh, but I just want to let you guys know that up to this point, I have found all my work. My agent hasn't. Now, sure, I've gotten meetings from my agent, but all the work that I've gotten has been through my network. One, I'll say is that it's still worth having an agent. And two, though, it's like you still, though, it's important to know that you still have to put in that work as, say, networking, right, on your own. Like you still have to build your network, your, your network, even though I think when you still have an agent, it's, it's, it's important to continue building relationships. I don't think that ends. No, I, I mean, this is the thing. It's, as I said at the beginning, it's a partnership. I mean, I've got, you know, how you have to think of it is that I've got to supply stuff to my agent with which to sell me. You know, I can't just sort of sit back and go, all right, you do the job now, get me all my work. There you go. And I'll just go and do it. It's, I, I mean, I still have to generate the, you know, the excitement and the heat around my career and what I'm doing and have the credits to be able to hand to that person, that agent to say, right, you go and sell me on the basis of that. You know, it's kind of, and then they can go and take that, um, that to kind of push you forward. And then ideally, as the momentum grows, they're pushing you forward, then they can hand something back to you, which allows you to push yourself forward. And so it goes back and forth between the two of you. So no, it's not a case of just like, now I have an agent, that's it, I'll just let them sort of deal with everything. And yes, you are going to be finding a lot of your own work, but that's only because you've got contacts and things that uh, people that you really want to work with, and you're just go back and work with them again, and they're going to ask you to do stuff. I mean, that's all good. That's the reality of it. Um, so, uh, and particularly in LA, as I say, where you find yourself in a certain ecosystem, in a certain with a certain set of producers, showrunners, or whatever, and that's a real home for you, and you want to stay there, then a lot of that work will simply just come out of that. And the agent will take the 10% still, but then I'd argue that they can also help you to negotiate more money to offset the 10% in that case. But still, yes, it is, it's, a, it's a partnership between you and the agent. And it's really, you know, it's just finding a way to work with that person to make the best of that. So you feel like you're getting something out of it. And I think that, you know, sometimes maybe the person isn't the right person. 
and you're not really getting what you want, in which case, you know, maybe you need a different agent um, and somebody who will work better with you. But overall, I would, again, I'll come back to, I still think it's really worthwhile having one. Oh man. I mean, just the, the negotiating alone for me, that's well worth the 10%, like that alone. Well, yes. It's also a, a sort of a, a rubber stamp on your career and a legitimizing of it. You know, it's the fact that you have a big agency or, you know, even a really well um, looked at mid-level agency on the top of your resume, that makes a difference. That settles people down. It makes them think, okay, I'll take this person seriously. But if you don't have that, unless you're someone who has a lot of very big hitting credits on there already anyway, and kind of can, can, can overcome that, you know, the, the fact of having a, an agent there beside you and representing you, it does actually really make a huge difference, I think, to how you're perceived. Absolutely. No, it totally does. I mean, there's something about, say, the agency handing, you know, the, your resume with, you know, the agency's logo on the letterhead, right? I mean, that alone, I think it just gets you in rooms that you probably wouldn't get into. Yeah, absolutely. And also now the next question is, how do I go about finding an agent? Well, this circles back to what we've talked about in terms of people and networking and contacts again, because really, I think, I, I, I think for most people, what happens is they meet someone who is willing to really help them to try and find the agent. So either it's, I mean, for me in the UK, when it first happened for me, and it's a, the earlier part of my career, it was a director I was working with who, and we just struck off this amazing relationship and we worked together on many projects. Um, and he was with an agency and he said, well, look, you know, do you want me to put you forward for this agency and see if I can get you in there? You know? And I said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. I think I should have an agent. My career is beginning to grow. Um, and so it was a person again that made it happen. So it, I, I think that, I mean, there could be any number of ways of doing it, but that's probably the most effective way to get an agent. It's just to get a real solid recommendation from somebody, you know, um, I think an agent will probably even, you know, contact people that they know who know you to sort of check you out when, if you, if you call, call them or whatever, or try to get in, in that sort of way, it's all really down to people. So um, what I'd say is just, you know, it, it's literally, again, it's something that can happen very organically. Um, and uh, it's just about, you know, asking again, if you're working with somebody and, you know, either producers or directors who are, or other editors, and, you know, you really strike off a relationship with them, there's a, a certain point at which that level, that, that sort of level of trust begins to happen between the two people. And, um, you, you know, they say to you, well, do you want me to put you forward for an agency, you know? And, you know, well, in truth, it happened between you and I, you know, I said to you, do, would you like me to, you know, to put you forward for an agency and, and, and hence it happened. So it's really, again, it's about, I think the best way to do it is about people, but that's not to say you can't, um, if you, if you feel that you have enough in your resume, um, that you can't just simply cold call and go and approach an agency and sit down and talk to them. Um, if they'll, you know, if they're, if they're willing to take a meeting, you know, they may be more open to it than you think, but really um, I think the best way to go about it probably is just simply to um, uh, get someone to recommend you to an agency that they're already with. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, and I think it just, yeah, I think also would say, you know, something I related to is like, say getting, 
as an assistant, for example, getting opportunities to cut or getting a co-edit or getting bumped up. See, as it, all these things, it's like that I think just come out naturally, right? I think through conversations, people seeing who you are as a person, seeing your work it, versus like being very needy and being just very pushy with things, right? It's just, I think through conversations, you realize what people need help with and how you can help them out. And it just comes naturally. It's just organic, I think. Yeah. I mean, it, that, 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 that's, that'll be the fundamental part of it. That's the reality of it. That's the real world version of it. But, you know, at the same time, it is really important to have in your head a set of goals. You know, if you want to have an agent, you have to state that as your goal and have that in an abstract sense as well. And it's like, maybe it's something that's still a couple of years away or whatever it is, however, or maybe it's, uh, you know, six months away, but you still need to have that, those goals in an abstract sense. But then what happens is that, you know, people come into your life that, that help you to realize those things because you're focused on that and you're, you're expressing that to people like, like I'm looking for an agent, you know? So it, it's, it's a bit of both really. It's, it's, it's partly you working away in your own head towards it, but also it's, um, just you know, meeting the right person. Absolutely, man. Some great, great advice there. And definitely, I know it'll help out uh, a lot of people in this community because it's one of the top questions that I get is is really, uh, do I need an agent or will an agent hire me based on my experience? And then, and how do I go about finding one? So, really glad that we were able to have this conversation. And again, thank thank you for the the the, the advice you gave me and the spiel you gave me and how you sold it to me initially because it really convinced me. Uh, and I went forward with. Uh, hiring an agent. And honestly, it's been a great experience so far. Uh, Ian, uh, just one last question, man. I mean, again, this community keeps growing. It's a global community now. I get hit up with questions from people in post-production all over the world. What advice would you give to anyone that is in another country and that wants to move out to LA, work in Hollywood, films and scripted TV shows? Well, I think it's useful to think of it in terms of trying to find uh, productions that will register in the U.S., so if it's, uh, if, it's, if it's a show that really is just domestically known within your own country, um, that's not going to help you to kind of break into the U.S. But the truth is now the way that the global industry works, stuff being made in all sorts of countries around the world is being shown in the U.S. So I would, I would say, you know, try to um, find projects that will have a U.S. profile um, and uh, if you can uh, approach an agent in the U.S. as well, if you have enough of a of a resume and a profile in your own country, there's no reason why you couldn't talk to uh, an agent there. And what happens, you know, quite often is that um, if you have an agent in your own country, then they will be happy to create a co-representative, a co-rep situation with the agent that in LA. So you actually have both. So again, that's a kind of a way of sort of bridging the gap between the two. And fundamentally, just the last thing to say really is, you know, think of it as people, you know, it's, it's about connecting with the people who will help you to get there. So if there are people working in the country who are working actively with um, people in LA, and are and quite often, you know, independent production companies are bought up or, and are owned by bigger Hollywood studios. Again, those people are going to help you to be able to kind of make that transition over into being in LA. So um, it's really just bringing the focus of your career to saying, how can I create a presence 
in LA even before I'm there. Well, thank you very much, man. It's been awesome spending this time with you here today. Obviously, just hanging out, chatting, and, and seeing you. I uh, appreciate all the advice you've shared with the Hollywood Editing Mentor community. Uh, I look forward to us hanging out again soon, grilling some burgers and having some red trolleys. <laughs> Maybe this summer? Absolutely. Yeah. I know it's been great to talk to you again, Joaquin. It's always a pleasure. Um, it, it, you know, it's been a really fun session. Thank you. I know a lot of members of this community are thinking about making a move out here to L.A., so just very glad that my good friend Ian Erskine, ACE, could come on the show today to give some advice that'll help make that move a little easier. Thanks again for listening to episode 30. That's 30 episodes of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. And don't forget to share this episode with anyone that is looking to make a move out here to LA or that is interested in hiring an agent. My name is Joaquin Elizondo, the creator of the Hollywood Editing Mentor Program. Stay safe, stay positive. <laughs>